Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Start shipping the cars home from Green Bay. Oh, yeah. Go ahead and call in that 18-wheeler, pile a bunch of them back there, and start heading to Florida, Texas, and Cali. You know what time it is. It's over, Johnny. Oh, yeah. It's over. Yeah. There is no hope of this team making the playoffs. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. We are also on the ESPN app and presented by Progressive Insurance. 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. Your Dr. Pepper call in line. And you can also hit us up on Twitter. I mean, I think you can. While is, it, it, is it still on? Well, it's still there. <laughs> I mean, all I kept seeing last night is hashtag RIP Twitter. Yeah. A at, thousand employees poised to work walk out on Twitter? Uh, at least at the moment. We think it's still up. By the end of the show, who knows? Who but knows? It's at Chris Garland, at Chris Canty 99. Also the, at Chris Canty 99 on Instagram. There you go. Because Instagram exactly. will still be there. <laughs> I am that guy Carlin yeah. on Instagram. Yeah. And we will make the quick transition if need be. Absolutely. <laughs> we, we TikToking too. So if you need Absolutely. to find us on TikTok, it's the same handle. Same names. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. We, uh, as I said, are presented by Progressive Insurance. And look, we could just stop. Just stop it. And this is exactly what Chris and I have spent the week talking about when it comes to the Green Bay Packers and it comes to all you suckers who somehow believed that the Packers were going to get this turned around based off of the win over the Dallas Cowboys. Sometimes you can see where that is coming from. And if you've paid attention to what's happened with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you can see it. Yeah. They are playing much better defensively. You can see it with Tom Brady. You have not been able to see it with Aaron Rodgers. You have not been able to see it with the Packers defensively. Chris is showing me plays before the show where they have nine lined up and they still can't stop the run at all against the Titans. Tag the toe, zip the bag, see you next winter. It's interesting that you brought up the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because the contrast between what we're seeing from Tom Brady versus what we're seeing from Aaron Rodgers both quarterbacks going through their struggles. Both quarterbacks missing key cogs that were with them from a year ago. And yet, Tom Brady seems to find a way to overcome it. And Tom Brady is six years older than Aaron Rodgers while he's doing it. And it just goes to show you there is something to be said for a quarterback that has those intangibles that can will a team in order to put them in position to compete and try to make the postseason in the second half after an underwhelming first half in the regular season. Look, I... I I'm amazed, amazed at how bad the Packers have been this year. But to me, so much of it in so many different ways, not just about the play on the field, has been about the quarterback who last night had passes that he threw that looked like Blaine Gabbard threw them. I'm not going to make excuses about my thumb. It's been the same since New York. I don't know. i got to go back and look at it. I felt like fundamentally I was you know, in a good spot but just didn't have the same type of uh, consistent grip and and ball coming out the same way. I threw a lot of kind of wobblers tonight. So there was some wind, but just missed a few throws I should have had. I mean, definitely the one to Sammy and, and the one to Allen for sure. 
that that was that was siren that was really firing off an alarm last night. Well, yeah, it should be noted that he did come into the game with a thumb injury on his throwing hand. Mm-hmm. So 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 we got to talk about that. We have to at least acknowledge maybe that's responsible for the errant pass to Sammy Watkins that everybody is bringing up in the second half. There were a couple that were just miscues with Alan Lazard. There was one where he flat out missed Alan Lazard. Um, but we're not we're not used to seeing Aaron Rodgers look human in that yeah. way. You know, we could blame the offensive line. We could blame the running game or lack thereof. But last night, the blame belongs on 12. Mm-hmm. And there's no way to get around that. Now, I don't think the defense did themselves any favors. And they let Ryan Tannehill go out there and look like the second coming of Brett Favre in the way he was slinging it around, especially off of play-action passing. But I-, I just felt like there were opportunities for that Green Bay offense to take control of the game, and it never really happened. And, Carlin... The one that sticks out in my mind is in the beginning of the second quarter, you're talking about that team being able to get that boost when Aaron Rodgers has that trick play um, and he ends up scoring a touchdown, and then you're talking about them having the opportunity to to get a field goal, and you're saying, okay, this is where the Green Bay Packers start to build some momentum. You, you've got some back-to-back scoring drives. It feels like there was an opportunity and then you see back-to-back touchdown drives by the Tennessee Titans. And to me, that's where it kind of went left for Green Bay, and they never really had an opportunity to get off the mat once we got to that point. Here's what I want to hear about from Aaron Rodgers the rest of the season and where it is. Here he is. Yeah, season's not over. Uh, there's still six opportunities left. You know, we got a tough game. Got to go to Philly. Hopefully we can, these few days, get a little healthy or uh, refresh the mind and then uh, – Obviously, we gotta gotta win these next games, Chris. That's over. Okay, mm-hmm. this part of it is all over at four and seven, in a division that's over, in a wild card chase that's over. Yeah, and now the question's going to come back that people thought was buried maybe a week or two ago, and it's not. Where do the Green Bay Packers go from here? Where does Aaron Rodgers go from here? This, as you said, right at the top is headed for a divorce, and I I don't care what all the numbers are in terms of the salary cap, they are going to make that work because you hear him, he sounds like a guy who's going to want out, and I can't imagine that they are going to try to put together another run with Aaron Rodgers considering how this No, there's no other run with Aaron Rodgers, and just so everybody is clear, when we start talking about ways to manipulate the salary cap, we understand that there is a $75 million dead cap charge if they release him before, uh, after June 1. There's also a $99 million cap charge if they release him before June 1. But if the Packers were to try to move off of Aaron Rodgers, they could trade him after June 1st of 2023, and you're talking about a dead cap hit of $15 million in 2023 and, and, and $24 million in 2024. Right. Which is palatable for an organization that has another quarterback that's on a rookie contract. So if they wanted to do it, they could. But, Carlin, again, going back to last night's game, I just want to clarify. The moment that, that it really became clear that the Packers weren't going to come back in that game was at the end of the third quarter. Not only did the Packers have that touchdown drive where they threw the pass to Austin Hooper where you thought it could have been broken up at the end, but Hooper ended up surviving the ground, yeah. and they, they, they overturned it, they ruled it a touchdown. The Green Bay Packers went three and out. Their defense gets an interception. The offense, three and out. That's a problem, Carlin. 
That's a problem. That's the opportunity to get back in the game right there at the end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter, and Aaron Rodgers didn't do it. In two cracks at it. Your defense gave you a chance. Ryan Tannehill gave you a chance because he didn't even see the backside safety coming over to make that interception. Didn't even see Russell Duck. Didn't see it. Didn't see it. That was the opportunity to make the comeback. And we're used to seeing Aaron Rodgers do that in that spot. Hell, he did it against the, the, the Dallas last Cowboys last week. Yep. And it just didn't happen. And so we have to start now questioning what the best path forward is for the Green Bay Packers. And it's as crazy as it sounds because this guy is the back-to-back MVP. It could be time to move off of Rodgers. Maybe he's just not the same player in terms of being a force multiplier. And we have to stop assigning Tom Brady longevity to other quarterbacks because Tom Brady is one of one. Just because Tom Brady is playing into his 40s at a high level doesn't mean that that's going to happen for Aaron Rodgers, doesn't mean that that's going to happen for Russell Wilson. And I think with Rodgers, you're seeing that fall off this year. I did think there was very, there was one very, very telling slash funny comment, but not from Aaron Rodgers. It was from LeBron James last night. I, I don't feel like it's a d- discredit when you got a, 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 a and don't transcendent, give him you got a transcendent franchise player like Aaron Rodgers, quarterback. Obviously, we know the yeah. quarterback position in the NFL, yeah. you know, besides if you had like a, a monster defense end, you know what I'm saying, or a D-tackle like obviously Aaron Donald. That's the, one, that's the most important position in the NFL. So why wouldn't you surround that when you got the picks? So to, to maximize what he can do. Are we still talking football or are we talking basketball? <laughs> okay, I just wanted to make sure you wasn't talking. I mean, it definitely translates. If anybody gets it, if anybody gets it, it's LeBron. That was on the LeBron cast on Thursday Night Football. LeBron, that's exactly what they did, though. They gave away all of their young players and picks and pick swaps to get Anthony Davis. Got your championship. Then you ended up trading off Kuzma in more picks over to the Washington Wizards to get Russell Westbrook. Rather than going after DeMar DeRozan, who everybody in the Lakers organization, including Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka, wanted, they did that with you, LeBron, and it didn't work out. And now he wants him to do it again. But here's the deal. <laughs> but here's the deal. Here's the difference between Braun and Aaron Rodgers. LeBron wants to keep playing. He signed an extension with the Los Angeles Lakers, never once waffled in terms of if he was going to retire, if he was going to come back and play. And it didn't cost them Anthony Davis wanting to force his way out in the trade or free agency or Russell Westbrook wanted to do that, or whoever else is on the team. With Aaron Rodgers, because he flirted with retirement openly, you lost the best wide receiver in football in Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams was saying, hey, I want to have a Hall of Fame career. I've got to have longevity. I want to put together numbers well into my 30s. I need to make sure I have a high-level quarterback to do that. You're talking about retiring in a couple of years? Guess who's not? My former college teammate, Derek Carr, who's playing for the Las Vegas Raiders. So you lost Devontae Adams. You didn't spend the offseason working with the young receivers and getting extra reps. You think you might have been able to get Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs up to speed a couple of games quicker if you were at OTAs and minicamp? I don't know. It's a hypothetical we'll never have the answer to, but I think you would have had a better chance at salvaging your season had you done that. But all of these personal decisions that Aaron Rodgers has made have come to the detriment to Aaron Rodgers, the player. And now the Green Bay Packers organization is at a crosswords where they have to decide what they're going to do. Be a part of Canty and Carlin Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Call us at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. 
It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Canty, this is a bizarre situation that is playing out due to the weather in Buffalo Mm. between the Bills and the Browns. And frankly, right now, like, it changes so much. I don't know who geographically is where. We know that the game is going to be played, if it's played, in Detroit between the Browns and the Bills. And if you don't know... There's about four feet of snow that is already in the midst of falling in Buffalo. Mm -hmm. There's already a travel ban, so it's unclear if the Bills can get out of town. Can they get on buses and travel to Detroit? I don't know the answer to any of this right now. This is from uh, Albert Breer. Bills coach Sean McDermott says the Bills' travel to Detroit is still to be determined. It's snowing in western New York. Expected to keep going until Sunday. Until that Sunday. Is wild. So we're not only talking about not being able to fly, we're talking about not being able to drive out of town. Kmart, by the way, just so we're aware. Remember Kimberly Martin was on with us the other day? Yeah. And she was about to drive to Buffalo. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, she's back in Cleveland. Yeah. They, they That's did crazy, not drive right? To Buffalo. No. Thank God. Well, she wasn't gonna make it to no. Buffalo. No. I don't give a damn if she wanted to drive the Buffalo. And, she didn't have the option. And if you want an even more bizarre story, just briefly to tell you how bizarre it is, James Lofton, the former Bill, who's calling the game, flew from San Diego to Buffalo. He was connecting in Detroit. He connected in Detroit, got on the plane, flew to Buffalo, and in the middle of that flight from Detroit to Buffalo, they moved the game to Detroit. Oh, So now he's going to turn awful. around and drive six hours Theoretically, if he can get there from Buffalo to Detroit, I mean, so, you so talk they basically about parachuted him in there, yeah, and then they said you got to get in the car and drive back. Yeah, that sucks. That's that is awful. That's awful. And now, and, and so we don't even know if the teams can get there. Yeah, at this point, and the Bills, of course, uh, don't mind playing in Detroit. Because they're going to spend the week there. Next week, they're playing there on Thanksgiving. Yeah, so I went through a similar situation in 2010 when I was playing for the New York Giants. We were supposed to play the Minnesota Vikings in the Metrodome. Now, as you may remember, the Metrodome collapsed. That's right. In December of 2010. Yeah. And so we flew into Kansas City, didn't know where the game was going to be played, then ultimately flew to Detroit that Sunday to play a Monday night game against the Vikings in Detroit. I remember that game. Yeah, so yep. Ford Field is not new to this. They're true to this. Yeah. The, and- the tweet that the Lions put out was classic, by the way. <laughs> like, I mean, while we still got Twitter, I mean, the Lions PR staff is dropping gems out I didn't here. see what they put. Oh, it was great. I mean, they sent the message to the Buffalo Bills because it's going to count as a Bills home game. They said the important numbers are by the phone, lock up when you're finished, and by all means, please make sure you don't break any tables. <laughs> It's great, right? It's great. That is a phenomenal, it's great, phenomenal great, tweet. Great. It's uh, awesome. I got to tell but you. But here's the thing I'll say about this, Carlin. As a player, when you're going through this, it's unsettling. Like, players are creatures of habit. No yeah. matter what anybody wants to do. Like, players want to be regimented so they can replicate top performance. And so you want to know whether it's a road game or a home game, what your routine is, when you're getting on a plane, when you're supposed to arrive, making sure you have your, your nightly meal, um, before game day at the same time, making sure you have your pregame meal at the same time, getting your rest, all of those things in order to have optimal performance when it matters. When you're going through a week like the Buffalo Bills are going through, Carlin, not just with the travel schedule being unsettled, but you got a couple of guys that had to miss practice time with an illness 
that's spreading around the team, some guys that are dealing with injuries and just everything. You've lost two in a row. Flux. You've lost a couple of games in a row. You got a short week because after you play this week 11 game, you're playing Thanksgiving Day against, you guessed it, the Detroit Lions for Thanksgiving. It just seems like so much for players to have to deal with in a truncated period of time. And this could be a spot where, where you see the Buffalo Bills have a letdown, but I also think this could be one of those things where you can circle the wagons. All it right, can so go either way. I want to talk about this for a second. When you have this kind of a situation where just everything is piling up and you're in a brutal spot and we're going to ride six hours on buses just to get to the game, can there be a coach or somebody who sets a tone before that game to really get the adrenaline of the situation going? When you talk about us against the world and all that stuff, that can really just walk in the door and say, screw everything that has happened to us. This is not about any of that. This is about us right now. Is that is that too much to ask when you have all of this kind of stuff go wrong. Well, it's not too much to ask a quarterback that you're paying $200 million to. Mm. I mean, and that, that, that's why Josh Allen has to have better situational awareness in taking care of the football. I mean, he's had multiple turnovers in three straight games. Something about that has to change if this team wants to have a change in the results, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's the person that I'm looking at. Now, on the defensive side, you're still going to be shorthanded because even though you're getting Matt Milano back, who was actually one of the guys that was dealing with that illness, you're down Tremaine Edmonds, your middle linebacker, Carlin. He's out with a groin. So, I mean, this is this is a situation now where the Bills are going to have to overcome some adversity. And we talk about this all the time, Carlin, with championship contenders. You're going to have some adversity during the season. How you handle that adversity is going to define your season. This is a season-defining stretch for the Buffalo Bills. We're going to look back on the last three weeks and say, this is what made or broke the Buffalo Bills season. Right now, last two games, it hadn't worked out so well. These next two games have got to have it, and they play these next two games in what we think will be a span of four days. they got to get two wins in this spot. Man. I mean, they got to, Carlin. I know. They, they got to beat the Cleveland Browns, and you got to beat the Detroit Lions. If you don't do that, Carlin, not only are you not going to win your division, you're talking about barely hanging on to one of them wild card spots. I mean, this is brutal. This is just brutal. I'm looking right now to see where the spread is uh, on this game at the moment. And it's seven and a half? Yeah, uh, eight. It Bills minus eight right now. Mm, that's a heavy number, isn't it? I mean, jeez. I mean, it's a little heavy, isn't it? It's the Browns, but eight points. It's a little heavy, isn't it? Oh. And Cleveland ain't been doing nothing but practicing and stewing on that butt kicking that they got at the hands of the Dolphins last week. And that Cleveland to Buffalo, or that Cleveland to Detroit, I mean, Two they hours. can fly. No, no, they're not, they're not flying. Oh, was, they're driving. K- Kmart reported it. They're going to get on buses and drive down to drive two, it's two hours. hours. That's it. Wow. They don't have to get on a plane. Wow. This is a lot to ask, and and Canty, let's call this what it is. And you got to turn around and play. <laughs> yeah, let, let's call this what it is. This right here, in a lot of ways, is the Buffalo Bills season. This is the season. Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle 
and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. It is, it is just going to be a bizarre situation to follow in Buffalo all weekend long. And more importantly, how the Bills get to Detroit. So let's get the latest on it. Let's welcome in G- Jeremy Fowler, ESPN Senior NFL reporter Jeremy Can- uh, Carly and uh, Carly and Canty remix yeah remix jeez bear with us Jeremy we're gonna get it together it's Friday as soon, soon as Carly finds there, his guys. tongue brother I have faith in you <laughs> it's Chris and Chris you know us okay let's just get right to it hey, so Jeremy what is the latest on this situation right now. Well, the latest is Buffalo is trying to find a way to get out of town. You know, they are currently scheduled to leave around Saturday between late morning, early afternoon, and the snow is intense. I just got a text from somebody with the team who showed me a picture with three and a half feet outside of their house. So it's like some people don't know quite how they're going to get to the airport and if they can get out. They're hopeful, and that's still the plan, um, but it's been strong enough so far where they are at least some questions. So the game is still on. Uh, nothing major has changed. It's just a matter of can Buffalo get out of their own town. Jeremy, we got word that Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be out against the Chargers, and so is Miko Harmon. Just, just who are the receivers that Pat Mahomes is going to be throwing the football to when they match up against the Chargers in Sunday Night Football? Well, he should have Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who's one of their deep threats. Kadarius Toney comes into focus. I mean, he's really impressed them so far. You know, he was sort of a no-show in New York. Um, comes to a top franchise with a good quarterback, and look what happens. Hey, I'm available, and I'm hungry to play, and all that. So um, he'll, he'll be in the mix for them. And, you know, they got the three or four running backs they like. Uh, Sky Moore, the rookie, will, will be an option in, kind of in the slot area. And then uh, don't sleep on Justin Watson. 
receiver that uh, kind of worked his way up on practice squads with the Bucks and then made the active roster this year. But he's a pretty good player. Jeremy Fowler, ESPN senior NFL reporter, joining Canty and Carlin. Jeremy, after what we saw last night, we Chris and I both believe season's over for the Packers. And we know there are different machinations, but how do you see this eventually playing out between Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers? Man, I, I, I still like, I still have a hard time wrapping my brain around the fact that it's over for them. I just, I had high hopes for them. I thought they were going to keep on rolling. I was just wrong. I, I just, I watched the, you know, the defense last night and they couldn't stop anybody. And it's been like that most of the year. And I, that was just one of my biggest surprises. I thought their defense was loaded. It was going to be just fine. So with Rodgers, I really don't know what recourse they have. He, he's, he's sort of untradeable. I mean, his contract, all, all the uh, acceleration that they would have to take on the contract, meaning like all the dead money and the signing bonus proration, all the, all the things they've committed to over the three years of the deal uh, would, would really hamstring their salary cap if they decide to move on in any fashion, no matter how you do it. So like, even if they all decided they wanted to part ways, I just don't know how you make it happen. So then it, it brings the question, does Jordan Love ask for a trade? He's like, Hey, I've been here three years. I haven't played, you know, like they're, a lot of implications out of Green Bay right now. You know, like they really like Matt, uh, Matt LaFleur, and they believe that he'll get it right. You know, he's, he's, he's had a lot of success there. This is just sort of an aberration, they believe. So I got to figure it out. Jeremy, do we expect that we would get a look at Jordan Love here sooner rather than later? Hmm. They would and have it's to not, be it's totally not tossing out of it. A, well, it's not tossing aside Aaron Rodgers, mind you. It's just. Hey, right. this is where we are. We need to be responsible and figure out what's best for this organization. Well, I think if they wanted to do that, they would go to Aaron uh, and discuss it with him first. I really do believe that sure. uh, based on all that's happened between the organization and him. And this just, you know, what was it, 14 months ago, uh, they were on really shaky footing and had to talk up some of these things about him being involved. So. A decision of that magnitude, they would come to it. I would have to imagine they would have to be, you know, four and ten. Like it would have to be pretty well out of it uh, for them to even go that route. You know, I do believe there's a faction of Green Bay that wants to see more Jordan Love, only for, uh, you know, based on what you've invested in him, and you just haven't really gotten a hard look at him more than you know a snapshot here or there. Talking to ESPN senior NFL reporter Jeremy Fowler on Canty and Carlin and Jeremy. Let's pivot to a team that's actually going to be in the playoffs, the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, we saw the Commanders run roughshod over them. 50 rush attempts in one game is kind of unheard of. So the Eagles went and beefed up their run defense with the absence of Jordan Davis. They went out and got Linville Joseph, my former teammate. They went out and got Indama Kinsu. How quickly do we expect to see these guys on the field for the Eagles? Well, pretty soon. I mean, yeah, you know, this week could be a stretch, but uh, you know, Linval signed earlier than Dominican, so he could have a chance to sneak in. Um, but they're still getting those guys acclimated, so I would imagine, even if they have a role in the short term, it will be a very small role. But you got to consider Jordan Davis is going to be back too, the big run stuff out of Georgia. So they got these two new guys and Jordan Davis with a line that's already very good. So. You know, yeah, the run defense has been an issue, but they are trying to address it. You know, the Eagles uh, have been that way really for the last year. They see a weakness, they go attack it. You know, GM Howie Roseman and head coach Nick Sirianni, they did it with A.J. Brown, a wide receiver, 
Um, they clearly see a window that they're trying to capitalize on with their quarterback under a rookie contract. That's how you have to do it. Um, you don't have to allocate $40, $50 million to a quarterback, so you go spend the money elsewhere. Jeremy, last one for me. What story this weekend at this juncture of the season really has your attention the most? And maybe it may not be one that we're not paying a whole lot of attention to. Well, I keep thinking about uh, the Detroit game, of course, because you know I've been doing Sports Center updates nonstop on the Bills and Browns. Uh, you know, I'm gonna, I, one that I would look at is Denver, Las Vegas. Um, it's, it's kind of the disappointment bowl, you know. Like these are two teams we all had pretty high hopes for. I'm, I remember talking in the preseason, you know, about where the Raiders were going to finish in the division, and you know, I thought. Uh, maybe third place, but that they were going to be at least competitive. I think a lot of people thought that all four of those teams in the AFC West were going to be good. And, uh, you know, these are two of the biggest disappointments by far. And, and Nathaniel Hackett said it best this week, somebody has to win. Um, but their implications for Denver with their head coach, uh, you know, he, he clearly needs some momentum on his side to kind of redirect the storyline that he could lose his job eventually. So uh, that's one that I have, have a close eye on. Just to be clear. A head coach that said somebody's got to win. <laughs> said somebody's got to win. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> believe it. <laughs> that happened. And sometimes you can win and really lose. Yeah. You use the white man can't jump line. <laughs> Jeremy, thanks. We appreciate it. Hey, thanks, guys. Jeremy thanks. Fowler, ESPN senior NFL reporter. Where's uh, Rosie Perez when you need her? I, I, I don't mean to. It certainly not has anything to do with Jeremy. That just there was depressing. <laughs> that was. I, I don't even know. Uh, what that you, was what depressing. Do you, what do you do with that? As a player, I, as a player, what do you do with that? When your head coach says somebody's got to win the game, what? Oh my God! I need that sound. I got to hear him say that. We, I, I uh, Devin Kane is producing today. Devin. If we have something over the next few hours, it's got to be him saying somebody's got to win. I got to ask you this question. I know we got to go to break, but I got to ask you this question off the heels of that comment from Jeremy Fowler. Of these two coaches in this game, Nathaniel Hackett and Josh McDaniel, which is the one that you have more confidence in that they will be there next year? No. (laughs) No. No. The answer. The only reason, the only reason I have confidence that Josh McDaniels is going to be there is because apparently the Raiders are cash poor Mm. and they don't want to cut cut him loose after having paid him all that money and pay another coach to go away. Mm -hmm. That's the only reason. I'm borderline disgusted after that. Candia Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Up next. The Cowboys and the Vikings, one of the biggest games this weekend. Where is Ezekiel Elliott in all of this? We get you updated on it next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The defense, to me, is the critical piece of it. Touchdown! 
Touchdown, Aaron Jones! How did Green Bay get it done? They kept running the football. Walking off yesterday, if I was the Cowboys, I'd be scared to death right now. I think their coaching staff is just too in love with Dak. My quarterback is not playing good football. That's the truth. Dallas has a problem, and that problem is the run defense. It's always been a problem, and it's still there. A lot to absorb right there. Yeah. A lot to absorb right there. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Hit us up on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. I don't, for a minute here, think that we have gotten so far away from what the Cowboys were doing successfully in running the ball and not counting on Dak to throw it entirely too much, perhaps the other day a little bit. I don't think we are at that level of they have fallen too in love with him and all that stuff yet. I w- no. Was I worried about that? Sure. Yeah. I absolutely was. We're not there yet. What I'm really curious about is Zeke coming back this weekend, Chris, because we saw Tony Pollard last week have a terrific game and went over 20 carries, but we both wonder how sustainable that is. And I'm just at the juncture with Zeke of still trying to determine if he can be a difference maker for the Cowboys offense down the stretch of this season, or is he just a guy? You know, has he reached just a guy's status in his career? Well, I I don't think he's a jag because he's really good in short yardage, goal-to-go situations, as well as a receiver out of the backfield and in pass protection which is an area that Tony Pollard struggles in. So, to me, he's not a jag, but he's not the bell cow that we saw in his first three years in a Cowboys uniform where where he led the league in rushing two of those seasons. He's not that dude anymore, and I think we have to accept that that and level set expectations. Now, as far as the play calling is concerned, I don't think that should influence how Kellen Moore uses the two running backs. Both running backs need touches in this game. Both of them need carries. You're you're talking about Tony Pollard getting the lion's share, but, Carlin, I'm looking at a 60-40 split. It could be something like Tony Pollard getting 18 rush attempts and Ezekiel getting 12. Either way, you're going to be over 30 rushes. That's where the Cowboys need to live. That's what we saw against the Chicago Bears when they hung 49, which was their season high. Remember, Mm -hmm. it was 29 rush attempts to 28 pass attempts. That's what we need to see from the Cowboys' offense in order for them to be able to build leads, sustain leads, and close teams out. They didn't have that balance in the fourth quarter at Lambeau Field last week, and that's ultimately what caught up to them. I don't think, yeah, the balance has to be there. But this idea that Zeke is going to come back and be that guy that you were talking about from before, I've talked to people the last few days who really expect that, who, who expect him not to be the guy who was the leading rusher in the league, but to be the guy that takes over and is going to have 18 to 20 a game. And I'm like, I, I don't see that. Yeah, I see this it, it, as a complete split. If you give him 18 to 20 carries in the game, he's going to get you 60 yards. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's not what, what we're looking what, for what, here. What you're looking for is Zeke to be able to keep the offense on schedule, Carlin. Runs that convert into first downs. So if you got second in five or less, third and three or less, you hand the ball to Zeke, he moves the chains. You bring in Tony Pollard as the change of pace home run hitter. That's what you're looking for. And on top of that, you want somebody that can be a safety valve for Dak Prescott where he's not turning the football over. The multiple turnovers from Dak can't happen, Carlin. That, that's, that's really 
what was the Minnesota Vikings saving grace up in Buffalo. Yeah. They had Josh Allen turn the ball over in the red zone twice after halftime. I mean, four total turn, four total takeaways in that game. That's how Minnesota won, even though their quarterback turned the ball over a couple of times. So for the Cowboys, in order to keep Dak out of trouble, in, in order to keep from having to lean on CeeDee Lamb so much, you've got Zeke and Tony Pollard in the backfield. Those are guys that Dak Prescott can rely on to make something happen without doing a whole lot of heavy lifting. You know what's odd about this game? What's that? Cowboys are favored. I actually like the Cowboys in this spot a lot. But it, it is interesting that they're, cowboy, they're favored on the road. Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin. 